Futurecast. On this episode of MTP, we discuss if we think anyone will be elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame this year, the Patriots back near the top of the mountain in the AFC, and we'll go through the Week 13 Power Rankings after another wild and unpredictable week in the NFL. This is Missing the Point, Episode 98, but it's all relative. I did my research like a, like a, like someone who's against the vaccine. I googled three things, and now I think those things. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's doing your research. No peer-reviewed studies for me. Um, so, I, I mean, I feel like they're just not going to bring anybody in again for like the millionth year in a row, right? Because the ballot is so gross and it's so controversial. So. I mean, for me, it's like the A-Rod question always. These fans like him because of his scorched earth policy when he was, you know, when he got caught doing steroids in the first place, he was such a little bitch about the entire thing. But like, you can kind of, like, as much as like David Ortiz, and we all love David Ortiz, but as much as he, as much as he embodies this, the character of baseball a little bit more, like he also popped. Like, I mean, is that the rule? Are we going to put, are we allowed to put people who got popper steroids in the Hall of Fame or not? Like, what's the, what's the deal? I personally don't give a shit. I'd love to hear your take on it. Yeah. All right. So I I have a, I have a wide range of emotions on this topic. Um, So, you know, this is the final year that Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens will appear on the Hall of Fame ballot. I care about, I I care about worthwhile Hall of Famers. I, I, I think, Kurt Schilling was a Hall of Fame postseason pitcher. Also a massive cunt in real life, right? Like, just very, very much, like, not a nice person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, right. Um, you know, Barry Bonds. Okay, so I'm just going to walk you through uh, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, who's also a prick. But again, let's just, let's just do this on the merits of getting into the Hall of Fame. So, my, 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 my hot take is that if those two guys are not in Cooperstown, it's not a real Hall of Fame. And I'm going to frame it as this. Everyone believes that Barry Bonds started really juicing or actually just started juicing after 1998 with the hysteria of Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. Right. And also because he was tiny and then became enormous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that, that transformation happened that offseason, Right. Right, because <laughs> of steroids. <laughs> sure, but in August of, t- of 1998, Barry Bonds became the only member of the 400 home run, 400 stolen base club. Okay, I have a, I have a point about this, but continue. That, that, that in and of itself is, is ridiculous. And, you know, he, he saw the fact that, that in, in the locker room when people were covering that achievement, he said, and I quote, I've got nine writers standing here. McGuire had 200 writers in his face when he hit 30 home runs this year. So he saw, he saw the writing on the wall, right? Like that's, that's what was happening. He was, the guy's a 14 time all-star 298 hitter. I mean, he had 400 home runs with four steroids. And then in the next 10 years, he, he, I think he hit another 362, right? To finish off with, with 762. He's the all time home run leader. Also like, let's not forget he's the all-time walks leader and it's not close he has ricky henderson by like 400 walks it's ridiculous yeah that guy should be in the hall of fame 
uh, I can pause before I go to Mar- before I go to Roger Clemens or whatever happened to like the 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 asterisk argument. Like, is that not a thing we're doing? I agree with you. Those numbers, those numbers completely justify it. Pre, pre-giant necked Barry Bonds. The numbers justify him being in the Hall of Fame. And, and I also agree with you that, like, it's very difficult to explain if you were, like, explaining baseball to somebody that, kn- that knew nothing about it. It's very diff- diff- difficult to go. So this guy with all these stats, that's number one in all these categories, probably the most important scoring categories. Um, you know, like walks and, and home runs and like hits. I'm sure he's pretty high in hits too. I, it, it's hard to explain why that person's not in the Hall of Fame. And I do think it sort of discredits it. Can't you just be like, okay, we're inducting Barry Bonds up until 1998 into the Hall of Fame, but like somehow clarify that the remaining Barry Bonds juicing part doesn't count. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all like just read, When you're like, here he is, Barry Bonds, 400 home runs. Like read off his stats, like up until he clearly yeah, right. started putting anabolic steroids in his in his in his pooper. So four hundred home runs, four hundred stolen bases. The only member of that club at that point in time, and he and he was an eight time All Star, uh, or no, sorry, eight time MVP at that at, at at that point. All right, I was right the first. But it's broke. But it's broken. But it's bro- it's a broken system though. Sure. What, but, what I said to start because they basically they they go okay, sorry. We didn't uh, induct enough people from like or anyone from the Negro League. We're going to make up for that. Great. Now we're done putting people in the Hall of Fame. And like that now they've sort of backed themselves into this this corner that you're describing where there's a bunch of guys on the ballot, most notably, like we're talking about Barry Bonds, where it's like well, you're going to run out of time to put them in. And, it, and then you're going you're, you're gonna, to and if you're the Baseball Hall of Fame now, they, Obviously, the Baseball Hall of Fame being a strange separate entity from baseball is a factor here. Like, it's kind of different in Canton. Um, it, it's sort of like one entity. But, like, the PR for them has always been a little bit different. It's been about the prestige and the character of baseball. And they don't want to get, like, you know, they, they don't, they yeah. don't want to get their Hall of Fame sullied by, by, by steroid users being in there. But what you're saying, which I think is a good point, is your Hall of Fame's fucked if Barry Bond isn't in there. You know what I mean? If if, the, if you're gonna leave them out on the character and 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 whatever clause it is, then you should right. remove every known vocal racist from the Hall of Fame too, regardless of when they played, right? Because you can't judge character based on the fact that it, the integrity slash character slash sportsmanship clause. Yes, yeah, that they so 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 in reality, um, I'll move on to Clements, right? So he was suspected of roids in 2004. Perfect. Pre-2004, Roger Clemens was 310 wins, 160 losses with, with a 3.15 ERA. That is a Hall of Fame career. Like, the, like there just isn't, I don't understand how, and the writers that have ballots in their, in their hands are often the ones that say, you know, Barry Barnes was a Hall of Famer before you steroids. So put him in. Yeah. Right? But I'm just I'm confused. What happened to this whole? I remember this whole asterisk conversation going on for so long, and I don't understand. Like, can't we just? Well, can't we just compromise? It's, isn't it in the best interest of the Baseball Hall of Fame to compromise here? Yeah. So his bat, his, his the bat that he used to hit the you know the all time leading home run record, that's in the Hall of Fame with a little asterisk next to it, next to it. All of the stuff, all of their memorabilia is in there, but yeah. they're not in there. They're not enshrined in that hall, which. You don't even have to be a, a huge baseball fan. Like, if you ever have the chance to go to Cooperstown to see it, 
it's pretty cool. Right. When you walk in there, like you just know like this is something awesome. But I, I think what really, what really upsets me the most and leave it, you know, we're, we have a Renaissance Patriots team going on right now, right? Which we'll talk about, I'm sure. And I'm, and I'm over here pissing and moaning about, about two Hall of Famers that aren't going to get in. Joe Torre and, and Tony LaRusso are in. Tony LaRusso built, I mean, literally the road to the Hall of Fame for Tony LaRusso was paved by Mark McGuire and Jose Canseco, two Reuters. Two people that helped him win a World Series in Oakland. He then followed Mark McGuire to to uh, to St. Louis, right? Albert Pujols, maybe he did it, maybe he didn't. I I really don't care. Scott Rowland probably did it too. He won two World Series. But Joe this Torres. is my point. This is my point of, of how I originally started off because you have guys like Ortiz and A Rod who are first year ballot guys now, right? I think it's their both of their first year this year, and it's like, or eligibility wise, and it's like. We're just going to continue down this path of this same conversation over and over and over again, because it's like the first thing I think of is like, oh, well, the whole A-Rod thing. And I'm, and I'm realizing, you know, you bring up like shilling and bonds and stuff. And it's like, oh, shit. Yeah, we've been having this conversation for like a number of years, 10 now, years. And we're going to go through the same thing over and over again. And it's like it's just going to be criminal every single time, because like to me. So say like, oh, David Ortiz, where it's his it's the last year of eligibility for David Ortiz, like zoom ahead. We're having the same fucking conversation. They haven't decided like on the criteria, basically still. They, they, the whole Baseball Hall of Fame has like lost its credibility at this point. Because, you know, you can make the argument, ah, David Ortiz hangs out with drug dealers in the Dominican Republic. You know, it's like, okay. Like, I, I don't know, dude. Like, why does that matter? Like, what is this? I don't understand this like old British royal family, like polo playing at. Like, it it's is, like, it. just chalk it up to an era, dude. It is what it is. That's what everyone else is doing. Everyone else has kind of moved on. And also the elephant in the room, that was like the funnest time to watch baseball ever. <laughs> so it's like, sorry. <laughs> you you want to like, what, like the, the real elephant in the room, DK? Bud Selig is in. The commissioner of right. the league when all of this was happening is in. Right. That right there is just like that's right. you're 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 condoning it. Yeah, right. So I you know, I <laughs> I love I love David Ortiz. I love everything he did for the city of Boston. He was a DH. He didn't really play first base when he was prominent. So he all he had to do was hit. And sure, he 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 probably took PEDs, but he's going to get in because he's a media darling. Barry Bonds was an asshole, always an asshole. That's the difference, though, right? Like if you take these two first year guys, A Rod and Ortiz, and it's like again, it comes back to the credibility of the of the Baseball Hall of Fame here because. A Rod did everything he could to talk him talk his way out of the Baseball Hall of Fame. Basically, when he got when he got popped. And he got fined. He still isn't like, sorry, I did steroids. He's like, that whole thing that happened really cost me a lot of money and like reputation. It's like that whole thing that happened. Like when they ask Ortiz about it, he just Bill Clinton did. He was like, yeah, maybe I don't know. Could have happened. Maybe, maybe it didn't happen. <laughs> you just sort of like wait until people lose interest and then you're fine. Nobody thinks you're an asshole. If you kick up a fuss like A-Rod did, different stories. So it's like, What's the criteria there? Because they essentially got caught for the same thing around the same time in the same list of people that got popped, right? Like in that yeah. initial thing. Was A-Rod a higher profile guy because he was a Yankee? Yeah, sure. You can like take all that stuff into account. But based on how they handled it, that's that should should that like as much as I'm like, fuck A-Rod put Porter T's in, that shouldn't affect it. That shouldn't right. affect it. Like you should keep it. You got to keep the 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 um requirements consistent, you know? So already you're just like snowballing with these with these with these things. It's like, dude, if you want to say it was during the attitude era of baseball, you know what I mean? Like just it just it is what it is. Like 
you know, it's how many articles have you read just to like do do a, a quick analogy? How many articles have you read that are just like snooze fests that are like the Attitude Era and why it was so problematic? And it's like, yeah, but like that's why it was also fun. Can we just? I know it's different, and I know it's not wrestling, but it's like. Can we just chalk it up to an era and just move on, guys? Like, obviously, they were going to be the best players in the MLB regardless. Yeah. Like, those were still going to be the best guys of that era, regardless of, like, how whether they juiced or not. With Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, I don't know. That's that's up for debate. And also, Sammy Sosa has that other stuff, like the bat stuff. And I think that, like, I think that should affect him. They weren't, they weren't Hall of Fame players. Barry Bonds is a seven-time gold, gold glove winner. No, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you every step of the way. He holds the record for the most consecutive seasons with over 30 home runs. And just to let you know, that started in 1992 and it went all the way until 2004. And so yeah. literally before he was using until after he was using. He was a hell of a, ba- he was a, hell of a base runner too before he put 900 pounds of, uh, of, of yeah, I mean, muscle. <laughs> the stolen bases did, did noticeably drop off. He went from 37 <laughs> to 28 just one year. That's a lot of, it's a little more ass to be lugging around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, it, I, this is, I, I think you lose people. I, and and now you just accept the fact that, that steroids in baseball happened. Everyone did them. Yeah. The ones that didn't and excelled. Great. Awesome. Yeah. You, you're that much better because everyone else was juicing. But 1998, that home run chase between McGuire and Sosa saved the league. And you're punishing people for doing the things that brought the league back to the forefront of, of, of American sports. Yeah, you can kind of boil it down to one question if you're if you're looking at it from if you and I are sitting in a room when they should put us in these rooms, because I really feel like we brain trust this stuff out. Yeah. But if you and I are sitting in a room with the commission to like put people in or out of the Hall of Fame, and you're thinking about a big fi- picture. It comes down to one question. What ruins the credibility of your organization, your organization being the Baseball Hall of Fame, not the MLB? But your organization being the Baseball Hall of Fame, what hurts the credibility of that more? Putting a guy who did steroids in there or not putting a guy with those numbers in there? And I think we're in agreement that the latter is a much more harmful thing to do to baseball, to the Baseball Hall of Fame and like to the legacy of the sport. Because honestly, nobody really gives a shit. Nobody really gives a shit at this point. And the ones who did, I mean, there was a lot of phony outrage in that era too, if you remember. Because like, it was pretty early that a lot of like actual sports fans were like, I don't know, dude, let them juice. In football, I can understand because they might kill each other. <laughs> I get that. But like, you know, for, for, for Boston fans that are, that are our age, right? Knowing that everyone was juiced in that all-star game and watching Pedro strike out Bonds, Sosa, and McGuire back to back to back, that made you feel that much prouder of Pedro. Right. Maybe he did it. Maybe he didn't. But everyone knew what the, what, what the, what the score was. Everyone knew that, that right. people were taking steroids. So much so. Yeah, they all look like cartoon characters. It wasn't yeah. a secret. I mean, the commissioner <laughs> went out of his way to, to avoid it until it, until the San Francisco Chronicle broke that story about Balco back in like 2003. And then all of a sudden, it was 7% of the league tested positive for steroids. That's not, that's really not that much. I would also make the argument, I don't think it's, this is, this is a murky argument and I, it could be picked apart, but I'm, I just thought of it. I'm just going to say it out loud. Love I it. don't know how fair it is to punish specific player for participating in a rampant culture inside their sport be just because they excelled it's not as if there weren't shitty players doing steroids you know what i mean like they were still jeff good. bagwell jose Aiko. i mean uh, jeff bagwell is in the hall of fame yeah what do we do what are we doing yeah yeah you gotta you gotta if you're gonna really 
even it out if you're really going to do it. Take all the white guys out that were that were playing with before the Negro League on it. Just take them out because obviously they were. You know, I mean, let's be honest. If we're doing real deep dive on the on the baseball hall of fame, like those guys deserve to be in there less than um, Barry Bonds does. One last thing. Uh, th- so baseball banned steroids in ni- in 1991. Didn't test until 1993 or just until 2003. Yeah, well, I mean, and who, at, at what point is there, are, are they responsible for the culture? You know what I mean? Like, are the commissioners and, and the people, yeah, right that, there. And people that own the teams, at what point are they responsible? Because they didn't start acting responsible for two years after they made the rule. No, no 12 years. 12, sorry, 1991 is when they banned it. Uh, and then they started testing in 2003. So it was like, oh. hey, don't do, hey, don't do this, but we're not going to check. Well, right, because it's not even like the thing is they were fine with it. It was like Congress got mad and like Katie Couric did an interview with fucking A-Rod. And it was like, it was just like people, hey, no fair. It's like teacher, teacher, they're doing steroids. It's like we all probably would have been cool with it. (laughs) They're fucking doing some fun home run derby that happened in one season. We took two guys. It was amazing. Also, just my last thing on Bonds. And I probably I didn't know I was as much of a Barry Bonds advocate until until uh, recently. The last year of his career was, I think, like 2007, right? The man hit 28 home runs at like 42 years old and yeah. wasn't and wasn't picked up because that was the year that he broke the record. Uh, San Francisco couldn't cash in on him anymore, so they just released him. And then no one touched him. I mean, like, that is, that's, it is absolutely ridiculous to not have those two guys. And you can say what you want about them personally. I think Roger Clemens is a prick, right? But as a baseball player, as a pitcher, he's he's one of the best. He's, he's the best pitcher of, of our era, of our lifetime, and one of the best in the history of, of of baseball. And he should be there. Yeah, that's true. And also, you know, there's guys lower down on these ballot boats that are getting punished because of this debate, this exact debate. Like Scott Rowland should be in the Hall of Fame. And he was like, by all accounts, a nice guy. And he finished like fifth in the voting last time they voted and it was like yeah we're not putting anybody in whatever and it's like guys like that are getting punished because of this debate you know it's like and those yeah. those are guys that are a credit to the sport so just put them in there you know what i mean it's like also for the for the uh bbwaa writers that uh that have a ballot and turn in one that's not filled that, that's not filled out if you send back an empty ballot i firmly believe that you should relinquish all of respond all of your rights to ever cast a ballot in the future yeah if you don't want to vote fuck like don't vote ever yeah yeah it's um there's a lot of i think there's a lot of cowardice going on i don't think they want to reignite this this debate too hotly but i honestly think it's just like bite the bullet put those guys in and try to regulate to the point where you don't have an error like that repeat itself because you you have all the you do genuine as much as i say nobody really gave a shit you do genuinely have actual consequences um to your sport later on down the line and i just think it's yeah it's just it's a bummer but let's see what happens let's see what happens maybe they'll do the right thing probably not Maybe trying to be an optimist. (laughs) Um, Should we move on to the uh, National Football League? Do you want to talk about your um, do you want to talk about your resurgent New England Patriots? Yeah, I I mean, oh, no, they're so fun to watch, Mike. Oh, my God. It's like, that's entertainment, baby. Wow. Greatest show on turf. The New England Patriots are here to win a game one yard at a time. (laughs) I mean, but they just look this. I think I said this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it just feels like the path is opening up for them. Like this feels like your typical like 2010, 2011 team. You know, obviously, like when you don't. They have remind the- me of the 2001, 2002 team. To be quite <laughs> honest with you, 
I mean, no. maybe I'm doing, maybe I'm doing like, you don't know, do the that. No. Brady, Brady, the Brady stuff, no. but it's, it's like, no. that is how, but that is how he, that, that is how he ran the offense that back then, you know, it was all like Corey Dillon and like short little, like pop throws over the, over the middle. And like, you know, the skill players were kind of a little bit more spread out across the field. And it was like, just like a well-run special teams and like a, a well-run bend, don't break defense. And also your defense has elite players on it. Again, parallel back to like 0102, you have like you had elite players that maybe necessary not necessarily are like household names, but there's enough elite players where you have an overall really good defense. You really don't see the comparison? Well, I, okay, I'm so not, I'm, not, I'm not saying you're going to go on another 20 yeah, yeah, year run. Like so, Bill Belichick has to die at some point. <laughs> Especially so, with this many people wishing for it to happen. But like right. <laughs> but like I'm just saying just 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 on paper is how they run their team. I, it seems similar. When I said that, like when when I say like uh, I think that this feels like a 2010 2011 team just because of the way that the path is clearing up. I mean, the rest of the league, like the rest of the league, is just so stupid. Everyone else sucks. Yeah, <laughs> but, but but just think about it. Like uh, Derrick Henry out. We can be Ryan Tannehill. We've always been able to be just Ryan Tannehill. Uh, you, you know, the Falcons game would have been a trap game had you had Calvin Ridley, Cordell Patterson. But they're all gone. Baker Mayfield out. Beckham, he was he was shipped out. Like everything is falling into place for the Patriots just to literally, you know, win eleven games. Yeah. Even this week again, you know, going up against the Bills, that's a huge game. Well, I mean, let's let's look forward to what your playoff picture looks like. Who were you afraid of in the AFC? Are you afraid of Buffalo at this point? No. So do I? But do I think Buffalo is? a better team than us like do they have more talent yes yeah but they're not putting it together this year yeah and also like they just lost their number one corner to like a, a knee injury for the rest of the year again it's just the path opening up and the patriots and this organization is the exact kind of organization that sees that and will take advantage of it and bill belichick is the guy that could take advantage of it as and it's and the more you talk and the more i think about it, the more sad i get <laughs> teams that i'm afraid of in the afc uh the ravens you're not afraid of no, I don't no, because I mean we beat Lamar last year. Are you still are you what like what who I mean the Chiefs? Yeah. I, yes, because as bad as that defense was for the first eight weeks, they've gotten a little bit better. And Mac can't get into a uh you know, a pissing contest with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, but Patrick Mahomes is like low key ass this year though. Don't you yeah. think? Like he's just not doing that like Patrick Mahomes thing. I mean, they've won like five straight. Yeah, well, it just doesn't quite look like the same thing that he was doing last year. Like, like I don't even really blame him for the Super Bowl. I feel like there was a lot of drops. You know, I feel like people weren't really doing him a lot of favors. I just feel like he's just been a little off. Like, and I think it all comes from him. Like, whatever, whatever's been going on with them, it comes from him. He also had to run 180 yards behind the line of scrimmage just to just to throw a ball. Like, yeah, he, had, he had no offensive line. It's terrible. Yeah, I, I you know, the, the AFC, it's it's the Chiefs, and then. Yeah, I, it's really it. I mean, I'm. I fear John Harbaugh. I don't fear Lamar Jackson. You're like coming into your house. Yeah, be, I mean, I mean, he's he's beat us. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I no, mean, I mean, I'm I, saying, do you fear him? Like, he's under your bed at night. No, and no. He, I mean, he's like a. It, it seems like a pretty sweet dude, but you know, he he has no problem coming into Foxborough and beating us in the playoffs. He did it with Brady. So like, he doesn't. He doesn't Belichick. Yeah, but that team, though, like I, it's just like Lamar is not that guy. Is he better than Joe Flacco? I think so. I think it's different. I think, I think there's there's nuance to that question because it's like Joe Flacco was like 
Joe Flacco had like a, a an unbelievable playoffs that year. Like overall, is he like more talented, more athletic? Yeah, but like you have to remember that like as much as it was kind of like um, it was kind of fake, and we all knew that he wasn't that good, and he didn't get deserve the contract he got. He did have a crazy good playoffs that year. Like he was playing really, really well. It's not like he played bad and they won. Lamar's not playing well right now. They beat us in 09 in the wild card round. They beat us. They should have beat us in 2011 if Lee if Lee Evans just catches that uh, that touchdown, or if Billy Cundiff doesn't miss a 28 yard field goal. And then they beat us in 2012. Yeah, they're not missing field goals these days. I'll tell you. Yeah. That. So they my 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 point is I don't think that team or that organization fears us. So. Yeah, I think they're, they're the only scary team left. But you can manage your, the thing is you could manage your way through a playoffs. You know what I mean? You t- it's like one of those, like, I know it's a cliche, but it's like, like take it one game at a time. I play who's put in front of you, scheme for them. Like, I just feel like it's like, there was a point leading up to last year's Super Bowl where the Kansas City Chiefs seemed invincible. Like, they seemed like gods. There was just nothing you could do. Nobody seems like that right now. So that means everybody's got a shot. And I think in years, and I mean this in all sports, in years where everyone looks a little shitty, it's always the smartest team that wins. It's always the team that just like game plans really well and like just manages their way through each game. Now, by the time you get to the Super Bowl, I think anything could happen. Like it could be like, so, so say, for example, the Patriots, even though they had a tough start, I always said it's about who, it's about who enters the playoffs hot too. You know, yep. it's like they're entering the playoffs. If they keep this up for the next few weeks, they're entering the playoffs on a on a heater, which is all, like a huge momentum thing. When you get to the Super Bowl, there's a murderer's row of teams that you could possibly meet. It's like, oh, the Patriots did really good. They played the, I don't know how the standings are, but it's like they played the Ravens in the AFC Championship game and they won by like the last minute field goal and they're like on a heater. Enter the fucking Arizona Cardinals. Game plan right. for them, Bill Belichick. Like, I dare you. You yeah. know, like as good of a coach as he is, like, I don't even think they know what they're going to do when they go out there, but they seem to be able to put it together because of just like pure talent. You know, it's like, I, I if I were you guys, I wouldn't want to see them. I, like the, the Packers seem to be able to just get it done. I'm not really sure. You're not scared of them? No, only because of their still, quarterback. You still, you still don't. You yeah. still Rodgers is the guy? Yeah, sure. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is 1-0 and in Super Bowls. It's great. He's terrible in the playoffs. I mean, he... Uh, he just chokes. He always yeah. does. He always does. Yeah. It isn't a, like that's not a prediction. It's just history. You know yeah. what I mean? So at this point in the NFC, here are the te- here here would be the teams that I, that I would really fear. Tampa. So yes, yes. Daddy. Tampa. Well, kinda. I, it looked it looked like the moment was a little bit too big for him when he when he came back to Foxborough. What moment has ever been too big for Tom fucking Brady? That's ridiculous. That man has been to more Super Bowls than I've like taken leaks in my toilet. It's like absolutely ludicrous. Like that, that guy's fucking—he's made for the moment. I don't—I don't want to—I—I I don't like the position that I just put myself in to argue that there has been a moment that's too big for Tom Brady. But Tom Brady, <laughs> but Tom Brady did say that the, that the 2001 AFC Championship game against the Steelers—that moment was too big for him—and and he was glad—not glad that he got injured, but he was glad that he—he he was like the, fucking 11 years old, and that was before he like started drinking baby's blood and doing all that weird shit that he does to like be Tom. Brady yeah it doesn't count he's like they're like hey Tom like that's like an interview question it's like what would you say your biggest biggest weaknesses are ah sometimes I care too much it's that's like <laughs> hey Tom when was the moment too big for you um when I was a fucking child in NFL terms like but he's never time. gonna show weakness like that yeah. I think I think he he came back into I don't think it's any mental thing I think he came back into Fox where I think he got game planned and I think 
Obviously, Bill Belichick is a very good coach. I think he knows Tom Brady's tendencies better than anyone else on the planet. And I think that he's a very creative coach and he does things that are like very unexpected. Even And even his players, it's difficult for them to predict. So I don't think Brady could do back to him what he was doing to Tom. But I also think if they played again tomorrow, I think the, yeah. the Buccaneers' chances to win goes up like 50 times over because Brady got to look at you. And, you know, to Craig's point, if Gronk's there, like that's a thing. Like Gronk was we're still having that conversation. What a ludicrous time to be alive. <laughs> it's like, what am I, fucking 23 again? <laughs> yeah, man, it's just about if Gronk's healthy. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it's fucking, oh, it's crazy. The Rams. They're, the, no. they, yeah, no. they scare me. No, come on, dude. Come on, bro. Get out of here with that. We just Max, had that conversation. No, not, not because of Stafford. Not because of Stafford, though, but because of that, that defense. Our offense, the Patriots' offensive line isn't great. And they can, uh, LA can create an immense amount of, uh, of opportunities for, for pass rush. I think your defense fucking absolutely tonks those guys. I think that offense is like, it's, it's all fucked up. I don't think it's OBJ's fault that they haven't won in three games, but I think it's, do you remember, was it, I forget who they played like right after he got traded there and he like basically had been there for like 12 hours and he started running routes and it was like clear that they just like, weren't hooking up and it was like, That's- okay, cool. Like, well, it's all right. We'll like, you know, we'll review the playbook and we'll do some game tape and, he actually had a better game last weekend. Um, the problem is, it, it, it's it, there is a little bit of a like a, a an unbalancing of humors there now. I think yep. because it's like, yeah, you have a nice balance. You, you know, you can go to Cooper Cup, and I know the injuries aside, but it's like you can go to Cooper Cup. You can go over here. You can do that. You can give it to Henderson, like hand it off to Henderson Jr. a couple times, whatever. Now it's like you, there's the OBJ factor. You know, it's like all right, we go, we got to get him, try and get him the fucking ball because. He he needs usage, you know what I mean? He's just one of those players. I don't know, man. That's the exact kind of thing Bill Belichick is like licking his fucking lips for. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, let's force the ball to Odell Beckham. Let's make him beat us. Like, let's let's make it weird. You know, like, let's chop him up at the line. Like, yeah. let's, yeah, fuck it. We'll, we, we'll eat a couple of short yardage pass interference calls just to like ring his bell a couple of times. Like, that's the kind of stuff that Bill Belichick eats up. So right. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I wouldn't be scared of them if I were you guys. With how you're playing right now, with how you're playing right now. Yeah, there's one team. It's it's the Bucks. I'm not scared of the Cardinals uh, because I, I think uh, you get you get into a situation like that, and it's not because uh, of uh, you know of of Kyler. I think he's I think he's uh, he's doing amazing. Hopkins always kills us. That's fine. Kills everybody. He kills everybody. So Bill, if Bill takes away Hopkins, Bill also does really well against uh, against mobile quarterbacks, right? Because he doesn't rush them. He just puts two spies on the edges and makes them become pocket passers. And I think we, we, we would get into a situation where uh, uh, Kingsbury would, would, would try to outthink or outcoach Bill. So yeah. it's, yeah, it's really the Bucks, And it's the Bucks. It's the Bucks because, I mean, um, this is obviously a pretty, pretty insane hypothetical. We're calling two teams to go to the Super Bowl here, but it's the Bucks to me because that's a, that is a wet dream of mine. Bill sure. Versus, Bill versus Thomas. Sure. Wayne. I mean, honestly, it'd be great for the league. It'd be great for our show. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. It'd be really, it'd be really awesome. I would, I would like, let's entertain the hypothetical for a second. I have to say, I would favor Brady not because of the personnel that he has, which is obviously superior, like yep. in Tampa Bay. I would, I would favor him. I would, I'm going to say, if that happens, I'm going to get on this show and I'm going to say something going into that week. Like, sucks that you guys played him in the season. Sucks for you guys that you played him in the season because, like, I don't, <laughs> You know, it's like you could take him to a Super Bowl and beat him how you beat him in the regular season this year. Like, I could yeah. see this. You're not going to be able to do that to him twice. I know. 
he's just he's Tom Brady. <laughs> I'm sorry, just, it's not like I would if he if Bill. If, but honestly, what a great chat we're gonna have because if, if Bill Belichick can come up with another way to beat him and beat him two times in the season, that's it. It's decided. Bill was the lost. fucking guy. You know, we lost. No, I no, I know, but I mean, it's uh, moral victories. Moral, the moral, the moral, the moral victories. It, doesn't it seem like a win? Doesn't it seem? Yes. Doesn't it yeah, seem I like know. a win? Like you guys came away with so many, like to the point where I'm like, like the like the moral victory that you came away with in that in that in that regular season game, I think was was enormous. It kickstarted yes. the whole rest of your season. Look where you are now because of how you guys played in that game. Yep. And like, I honestly just. Yeah, I don't know. If he gets another look at you, it's going to be weird. But you did fuck him up. Like, you made him play bad. You know, like, yes, they still won, but you made him play bad. That's a, that's a victory. That was a W for Bill. In the Bill. It might not have been a W for the Patriots, but in the Bill versus Tom debate, it was a W for Bill, in my opinion. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I don't want to throw shade at, at, at Bobby, uh, but... Yeah, you do. <laughs> not, not, not really. Like, the, the Cowboys are, are a much superior athletic team. Right, like they have more talent, but if we get a chance to play them again, I, I don't. I, I think Bill now knows what to do because I think we saw also a better time to play him now because I think mentally they just have sort of collapsed it on themselves. But I mean, if they make it to the Super Bowl, then then that's not going to happen. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, <laughs> yeah, Bobby. That's not going to fucking happen. We can't we can't spend any time talking about a Dallas Cowboys Super Bowl appearance right now. I'm sorry, that ship has sailed. Can I can I ask you a question? I actually have two questions. Yeah, first question. Monday night, Monday night's game, uh, Patriots and Bills. Like as an outsider, right? Who do you like in that game? Right now, I like the Patriots if they play anybody. And I just think yeah. it's like I, for me, it's like yeah, I'm always very cautious about jumping on the bandwagon of like they're finally done because I've just seen it so many times. Like I've just, it's just you know, it's it's the touching the fucking pellet in the in the maze. You know, it yep. shocks you every single time. It's like why bite? Why bite? You know. And it's like I could see it. I could see the writing on the wall when Bobby was like doing a victory lap about oh. the, the Dallas Cowboys being better than the Patriots now. And it's like it's just like don't do the victory lap until they until they ship out the rings, dude. You know what I mean? It's like that. It's this is a fic this season especially, but this sport is a fickle bitch. And the most consistent thing in my life for the past 20, 20 years yep. has been not counting out the New England Patriots as much as I'd love to. You know, like <laughs> as long as that, as long as that filthy old fucking warlock runs your organization he's gonna be able to win football games it's just the way it is um also as much as i was like pro bills last year that was mainly because you made fun of me for drafting josh allen then he had a great fantasy season now i could give a shit about them and like really from a neutral perspective now that i don't have like a, a horse in that race i don't really trust them and like yeah, they have like skilled players they have serious injuries on the defensive side of the ball like you made like you made that point earlier and like Josh Allen, like, meh, I don't know. Is he that dude? I'm not sure he's that dude. He could just be a better Jake. Uh, like, uh, I was going to say Jake Plummer, but I really meant to say uh, Jay Cutler. You know what I mean? Like he, he could be better. I mean, he, he's he, a lot he, more dynamic than Jake Cutler ever was. Uh, yeah. But I think that's kind of a prerequisite these days in today's NFL. Yeah. Um, that's a damning indictment, Mike, because Jay Cutler was a real piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen anybody who wanted to win less than that guy. So <laughs> I don't he know. Few, he had a few playoff runs, right? Yeah. Uh, great, great arm strength. Easy the thing, I mean, the, the thing about Josh Allen. So, you know, on this show, I always talk about how Lamar Jackson in the playoff game, when the things get really tight, he can't hit the windows. Right. The same can be said about Josh Allen. He, yeah. his, 
decreases, his accuracy decreases in the playoffs, and you can't do that. But the difference between those two, you know, it, yeah, yeah, it's meaning it, that like the deep ball is a is a thing that Josh Allen can do, and it will forever elude Lamar Jackson because you can't you can't teach that. You can either right. throw it far or you can't. Right. So, you know, and also the it's just weird how that Ravens offense is set up to like. Like they, they're on a tightrope. It's like they play on a tightrope and you have to play like that with Lamar Jackson. And I'm just sure, I'm just not sure that like a player that dynamic but not malleable is like ever really going to work. I think you could get Josh Allen to figure it out if you put the right people around him. And like, I yeah. think you, you can get, you could, basically what you're saying is you don't trust him. You don't trust, you don't trust his mental. Like you, you think like if you're going into Madden and you went to like the stats and you 99 to everything, his mental would be like 33. You're saying it's just like, he just doesn't have the goods. Yeah. So like, I think I, I always hate like bringing it back to Brady because that's, that's such a New England thing to do. But like even, even like a Peyton Manning type of thing. I mean, it's not a fucking Idaho sports podcast, Mike, you know. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> they won games with their mind and they, had, and they had the strength to do it. Josh Allen strikes me as a guy who wants to win with his arm and doesn't think before he throws, if that makes sense. He's got a little bit of a Brett Favre about him. In yeah. That, in that sense. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. My second question? Yeah, I like the Pats, though. If I was putting money on it, I'd be putting money on the Pats in that game. Why Why? Why does Matt Nagy still have a job? <laughs> Dude, I don't know. I didn't know <laughs> we were going to talk about this. That's so pathetic. <laughs> you know, it's like, um, it's weird, right? Because, like, Obviously, I'm out on on Nagy, and I think the reason why, like, on a completely not, uh, you know, I hate seeing my football team team lose games thing, and like the play calling is frustrating, all that stuff. He's just not the guy to turn Justin Fields into the guy I know Justin Fields can be. Yep, and that's just super obvious, and it's super obvious to anyone who's watching. And it's like, yeah, like he's not a he's not a complete nincompoop. Like, I think he's got like big flaws as a coach. I think he's got. Uh, things that he's good at, things that he's not good at. It's not like completely black and white, completely cut and dry. But you, it, it became at its most obvious point. I think we all knew this. Anyone that like listens to me talk and like on this fucking podcast knows this already. But it became obvious for the whole world to see on Thanksgiving when everyone had to watch the Bears because there was no one else on. <laughs> and we won that game with Andy Dalton because Matt Nagy knows how to work Andy Dalton. And that's why he wanted to start him at the start of the season because he knows that about himself. He knows well, how he knows how to make an Andy Dalton offense work because he spent the entire offseason building an Andy Dalton off- offense. I, I was maybe he didn't listen to the pod, but I was screaming for him not to do that <laughs> for the entire for the entire fucking run. I mean, you had you, you had the Bears at eleven and two with with Justin Fields starting because we, we all we all forecasted. Yeah. Okay, but, let's let's okay. not go down the way, who got what predictions wrong, Mister Fucking Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, are you yeah, high? Thank you. Thank you. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's let's get there. But you won on Thanksgiving because you played the Lions, right? Totally. Totally. That's it a, shouldn't count. It shouldn't count for like a not a non-fireable offense. <laughs> right. Being the Lions shouldn't count. You know, I was I mean, hoping we'd lose. I was honestly hoping we'd lose because a Fields is out. Don't put him back in. Don't be stupid. He's out for the season. It doesn't matter what. Like he's got cracked ribs. Just let him heal up. That was inevitable. And honestly, I'm glad it's it, it was a couple of cracked ribs and not something worse because they were just like not doing a good job of protecting him. I think he's he's clearly got it. He had flashes this season of of pure like greatness in in his athleticism like i think he's top one percent of top one percent of athletes on the planet of earth 
I think he's fucking lightning quick. I think he has the potential to be very, very smart. But there's uh, there's the big reason, and I think his deep ball is really good. But I yep. think that the defense, or it's the defense, the reason why he drops, and it's there for everyone to see, is that he has to develop pocket presence, which is trick or treat in the NFL. There's guys you can teach that to, and there's guys that you can't teach that to. And I think because of the kind of guy he is, because of his character and, and everything, I think you can teach that to him. But you need the right people there to teach yep. it to him. The Bears as an organization, I think, are are trying to remain uh, the the historic and classy franchise that they have always been in in uh, it, for the most part. I know you can tell me Brian Urlacher voted for Donald Trump and all, but like at least he did all that shit after he retired. Well, it wasn't what I was going to say, but but I I do have a I do have a scoop or a scandal, but we we don't we don't want to fight on this. Sure, but I just I just think that they carry themselves like one of the NFL's oldest and most important organizations they have the all-time most wins in the nfl i don't know if you if you knew that they have more wins than anybody regular season wins um but the uh Is it just because they've been around the longest i'm sure that's helpful but fucking <laughs> the numbers don't lie like <laughs> wins a win so i know they had to play like the fucking the 1939 general general lees <laughs> i want to know how many wins they've had after 1980 that counts if they if they still lead, lead the league in wins probably then... probably they aren't at the top of the list at that <laughs> point. but uh yeah whatever man i'm just i'm taking the fucking dubs when i can yeah the to my overall point i think that they're a classy organization you know they're they're a family owned uh the guy who basically like put, put them on the map and, and made them who they are um george hallis his, his daughter is the one who like runs the whole fucking thing now and she's a billion um and she's just i just think that she runs it in an old school way and she's like we're not gonna fire the coach mid-season it's just it's gauche it's tacky it's it's stupid like let's just let him see it out we we gave him a job and we're gonna let him see out the job and we're fucked now anyway so who gives a shit i i mean i'm not of that mind but i i think that's how they're they're approaching it and it's been very frustrating for me to watch matt Nagy. if him and ryan pace still have jobs come like week one of the off season like i don't even know like i don't even know what they're putting in, in that lady's insure at this point because it's like it's crazy to me i can see why they haven't fired him if that's the reason that's on all the blogs and forums that's what everyone's arguing so i could see it but it's just still depressing what's the scooper scandal who who did what now it's like it's just, it man while he's down no, no, I, 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 and I don't want to do that. Uh, so I'll, I'll let you have the the classy organization of the. NFL what happened? Stars. What am I missing? What what happened? Oh, like the the last the, the the GM of the Bears from like 1999 through 2008 uh, would repeatedly not disclose the league when uh, domestic assault or, or domestic violence. Really? He would yeah, he would. So you just type in like you just like search like Bears GM not disclosing. He wants that. You mean? Was he the GM? The the old Miami coach? No. Yeah, he was the. Uh, you, you, what you am can, I thinking of? I don't know, but you, you'll when you see it, like you, you can, it like it's not, but like they're they weren't doing anything else. That I would assume that any other GM wasn't. I didn't hear about this at all. Uh, maybe it's because uh, I'm on all the Bears forums. They're just sweeping it <laughs> under the rug. <laughs> um, when I let me look it up. Hold on, I want to look up the guy's name because I I didn't even get to the to america until then because i remember dick geron taking over yeah that's what it was dick geron took over oh the gm yeah yeah not the coach oh, the, the GM, gm not the coach okay copy that gm front office ed mccaskey no couldn't have been him i don't know i, I don't even know who this guy is that you're talking about Jer uh, jerry angelo oh i remember that guy yeah yeah he was always a little slimy 
Yeah, I remember that dude. He would he would purposely uh, not disclose or hide abuse incidents so that so that his players wouldn't have to you know sit out. But that's a bummer. It's it's awful. But Whatever. I, Aaron Hernandez killed the guy. Fuck you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. Oh, like, he's like the, he's like the only <laughs> only person in history to be guilty before he killed himself. Once he killed himself, he's innocent, and now they reinstated the verdict that he's guilty. When did he become innocent? I don't remember. I didn't watch the documentary. It's like, it's like, it's like a weird Massachusetts state law, but we're rabbit hole. If you if you played for the Patriots, you can't be guilty of murder. Is that the law? Because <laughs> I would not be fucking surprised. <laughs> Josh McDaniels will be the head coach of, of the Chicago Bears next year, and he uh, will do wonders with ugh. Justin Fields. Dude, no. He will. Dude, no. He will. I can't watch that fucking slothful offense in Chicago. That's... <laughs> He's like, Justin, Justin, here's the deal, man. More than three and a half yards, it's a failure of a play, okay? We need to just make sure that three and a half, less than three and a half yards, it's a failure of a play. <laughs> it's like, that's how many yards we get for, for, for offensive possession. It, it, it won't be worse than this year, and I think if he does go there, it will, be, it will far exceed your expectations. I mean, he already failed as head coach, though. Ah. Uh... Yeah, in sure, sure. Like, but in reality, any, honestly, I'll take anybody at this point. I'll hang out by the bus stop, giving out fucking rimmers just to see <laughs> if somebody will come and be the fucking head coach of the Chicago Bears. Because at this point, it's fucking bleak. You know, it's we're not. This thing is we're not the kind of organization. As much as we haven't been like amazing for the past twenty years. I mean, we did make a Super Bowl, but like we didn't win. Um, like there are thereabouts, you know, like middling. It's almost worse to be middling. It's it is the worst, yeah. You know, because it's like then you don't fail enough to go and get like a a, number, a first overall pick. But I mean, the Steelers have been drafting fucking stud wide receivers out of the, of the you know twentieth for the last fucking fifteen years. So I don't understand why we can't. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Point being, we're not the kind of franchise where it's like we're we're almost beating the Lions. Like this is very upsetting. You know, especially on like national TV, it's you should be better. There's no identity. Like I said this with Bobby the other week. There's just no identity there. And it's like it's obvious for all the world to see. How why does he still have a job though to answer your initial question? Is like I think if they don't like they don't like to fire coaches midseason. For you know, whether it's because they're they're classy or they're just trying to be classy, I that's why. Um but yeah, I don't know. I'm I'll probably go to the bus stop and give out rimmers anyway. Because it's a fucking yeah. fun pastime, and you meet a lot of new and interesting people that way. It's like the perfect segue to the power rankings. Yeah, I was like, going to say we should do the, the power <laughs> rankings. Let me pull it up here. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it like how uh, like how the general public would do it. I'm gonna put it right on my Instagram. Um, I think uh, I think me and Bobby were talking about how there's less of a controversy in our group chat about the power rankings now because everyone is weird and sucks. So it's like. When he makes the power ranking, <laughs> he makes the power rankings now. Everyone's kind of like, yeah, I guess. I don't know. Everyone sucks. <laughs> he did miss his chance to have the Cowboys at one because there was a week or two there that arguably they were the best team in the league. Yeah. And he just didn't want to do it because, uh, you know, because he's a Cowboys fan. I have him right here if you, if you want me to throw him. Yeah. Yeah. You, you go ahead because we haven't posted them on the Instagram yet. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Craig, do you, do you want to go ten to one or one to ten? I didn't want to do this. TK. Go from the worst to the best. Yeah, number ten, the Cincinnati Bengals at seven and four. That's right. We had a little argument about whether it should be them or the Titans today, and I think it's a no brainer. I agreed with you. 
we still found a way to argue about it. Thankfully, <laughs> <laughs> even though we were agreeing. Uh, yeah, they looked really good against the Steelers. Like they fucked the Steelers up. Like it yeah. was bad news bears. And I think a lot of that is that the Steelers are kind of trash. But because uh, Jesus Christ, like is watching Ben Roethlisberger not just like he's I think he's one of the worst five starting quarterbacks. It's, in the you know, th- This is near and dear to my heart, but it, it's like it's like watching fat Elvis on stage, dude. Like, it's just like, you know, it's the end. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's over. Somebody get him a cheeseburger and, and politely <laughs> guide him to the toilet because it's over. It's over. <laughs> it's over, dude. Yeah, he knows he knows uh, he knows about as much about being a quarterback in the NFL as he knows about consent these days. Cause like it's, yeah, it's allegedly he makes good choices. He makes good decisions on the field, on the field. He makes good decisions um, because he's been in the league for like 8 billion years, but he still thinks he has the same arm he had five years ago. And he's got a little fucking noodle arm. And my favorite part is he throws little shitty noodle arm passes and like his receivers are doing everything. They can everything. To catch them. <laughs> and then if they don't, or they it inevitably gets picked, he's like, what? What guys, come on. It's like, no, it's still better. It's like, dude, they've needed a new head coach and quarterback tandem in Pittsburgh for like, let's be honest, like at least five years. He's like Peyton without the intelligence or at least he- Peyton knew when it was time. Yeah. Peyton was smart enough to go and get it, get that last Super Bowl ring and like get kind of carried by like a dope defense and like just do exactly what he needed to do. That offense is still built like Roethlisberger. Uh, yeah, can, can yeah. play quarterback. <laughs> he just can't. You know, yeah. it's it's too bad. Yeah, um, like if you put Ben Roethlisberger in New England, say Mac Jones wasn't having a great time of it, and you put him in New England and he did exactly what Bill Belichick told him to do, he'd have a great season. He'd have yeah. a better. He'd probably have a better season than Mac Jones is having right now. Because he just knows he makes good choices. If he was just 100% tuned into what a very smart head coach was, was telling him to do based on what he's able to do physically, he'd be having a great season. But he isn't, so he's not. And if your aunt had balls, she'd be your uncle. But she doesn't, so she isn't. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> Number <so>. nine. <laughs> Number nine. <laughs> the Los Angeles Rams, seven and four. Over, overrated, but like nine is fine. Like overrated in general by the public, but nine is fine. Eight, the Dallas Cowboys at seven and four. It's because of that loss to the Raiders, man. I know that you you hate, the, you hate the Raiders. I get it. Yeah, they should be beating the Raiders. That's what. That's why I hate the Raiders. They should be beating the fucking Raiders. The Raiders are not good. The Ravens at eight and three at number seven. Yeah, they're like maybe the worst eight and three team in the history of the NFL. They're yeah, awful. yeah, they're I, awful. But but like you said earlier, they they have they can be so good, but they're but you can figure them out. It's, but it's, it's oh, you can figure them all out. It, it turns yes. out, I think. I mean, four interceptions, dude, like that's fucking JB. That's bad. Didn't he throw three in, in one quarter? Yeah, dude. Yeah. He just completely like derailed that. Like, I'm, I lost in fantasy because of it. It hurt. I didn't <laughs> like it. I didn't enjoy it. At number six, the Buffalo Bills at seven and four, they're beatable. I mean, Makes the Colts, I mean, the Colts just fucking spanked them. Colts are better than everyone's thought, though. They're yeah. beating it. Yep. Uh, number five, the Kansas City. Chiefs at seven and four. That's they're they're a scary team. Yeah, I mean they could at any point they could at any point make the season boring again and just be like Kansas City Chiefs again. It's it's all the same guys. So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at number four at eight and three makes sense. Still, still Tom Brady. Now here's here's the really interesting part, and like I it's it's cool, but he has Bobby has the Cardinals at three at nine and two below the Patriots at, who are in the number two spot at eight and four. What's the justification there? Because I can't, even I can't justify that. 
strength of schedule. No, I would put yeah, I would put I would put the Cardinals above the Patriots right now for sure. The Cardinals are winning with Colt McCoy. Yeah. Yeah. That's we and, gave the same we gave the same rationale to the Titans when they won two games after Derrick Henry went down. That we did. He didn't. He dropped them from like fourth to eighth. Yeah, we but I'm saying we did. Like we we just, we were we were trying to make the same argument. It's like, well, you're, they're still winning, so that should count for right. for right. some. Um, yeah, it's that's weird. That's weird. No, I, I you know what I think it is. I think he thinks. I think he predicts that the the Patriots are going to finish with a better record than the Cardinals, which they could be true. Maybe. Uh, and then uh, number one, the biggest fraud in the in the, in the NFL is the Green Bay Packers. Nine and three. Yeah, but how are you not going to put them number one? Like they have beat all the teams that they're supposed to beat, and they've beaten good teams. Like if you like, do you think the Rams are good? You said that they were scary. You said the Rams are scary, Mike. Earlier in the show, it's on record, and you said you were scared of them. And Aaron Rodgers fucked them up. So you know, I don't know. I I don't want them to be good either, man. Okay, it hurts me too. But maybe they are. I they probably will choke in the playoffs. But that doesn't mean they're not good right now and don't deserve it. Number but one, but they're spot. just so one dimensional. Yeah, but that one dimension is winning. <laughs> I think he's a. I think he's a a, a freak quarterback, really. Um, but I mean, they did. You know, they have lost to New Orleans, Kansas City, and Minnesota. Those aren't great losses. Kansas City are very good. Not when they played. Sure, sure, sure. They kind of, but they kind of, but much like the Patriots, the, the the Packers started off a little a little sketchy at the start of the season and and had to pull it pull it around. And, and to their credit, they have the, pa- the Packers started seven and one. Yeah, didn't but didn't they look like shit week one? Didn't they look absolutely <laughs> terrible? Week they one lost thirty eight to three. Jameis yeah. Winston looked like, and it turns out New Orleans are fucking trash. So it's which makes a lot of sense, obviously. Yep. Um, but you know that's a bad L. Uh, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta give them, you gotta let them slide on that one because it's like week one, everything was weird. They've yeah. obviously gotten it together. Sure, yeah, I agree. I they, they have very like fifteen and one Atlanta Falcons vibes to me. Like it's like once it comes down to it, I wonder if they're gonna, you know, if if they can shit or get off the pot. And I think, like you said, Rodgers, he, he, he is. He, he needs people to get out of his way for him to win a Super Bowl in an aggressive way. He needs people shooting themselves in the dick constantly for him to win a Super Bowl. And like that is 100% what happened. That Bears team, that Cutler like fucking basically was like, my hurts or whatever. And I'm going to go, I just want to ride the bike and look like I don't give a shit. I blacked out on fucking vodka that night. <laughs> and I, I really broke the television in our house and I was screaming Bears D at like state car farm commercials. Um, but uh, yeah, he, like that wasn't even that good of a Bears team to be 100% honest with you. And right. He needed Jay Cutler to be like the biggest pussy on earth for them to even make it to the Super Bowl that year. Like we, they were trying to give us that game. Like we, they were really honestly like trying to let us have that game, and they were a much better team than we were that year. Much, much better. Oh yeah, I mean, Roger, Rogers is Rogers is immunized against playoff success. That's it. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Oh man, what a, you, it was so satisfying though. I have to say, just on a personal level, it was it it went exactly like this: the Packers beat the Bears. Nothing fucking new there. He goes, I still own you. And it gets picked up and everyone's like, oh shit, that hurts. And in the sports world, everybody was like, ooh, that does suck. Aaron Rodgers definitely just put his balls on your head. And then he proceeded to out himself as the stupidest man on earth. <laughs> so I was like, oh, thank you, Aaron. Thank you so much for 
turning in that fucking tour de force performance of dumb fuckery. Well, what's going on? He's like, horse paste, Joe Rogan. I'm like, yes, knuckle. What a, what a hilarious and amazing thing to happen. So whether he wins or not, like, I'm even I'm surprised the guy can even get on the fucking team bus or like find his way home or like not piss his little pantaloons every time he has to fucking urinate. He's the stupidest fuck I've ever seen in my entire life. He's out there with all these other dumb fucking idiots being like, Oh, but the vaccine, it's like, there's like 8 billion people have gotten it, you stupid fuck. Everyone's fine. I'm not growing arms out of the side of my head like fucking Prince Goro from Mortal Kombat. Don't ask Joe Rogan for medical advice, Aaron, you stupid asshole. You can win as many Super Bowls as you want. I'll always be smarter than you, and so will anyone with more than a fourth grade education, you fucking roof shingle. Thank you, and good night, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Oh, what a hilariously perfect man he is. Thank you so much, Aaron. Thank you. You still own us? You don't even own the full control of your faculties, you fucking McNugget. Anyways, moving on. Yeah, no, I don't think they're real either. I yeah. agree. I agree. I'm, I'm glad we can agree. Is there... I don't think I'm going to be able to match that energy again, so we should probably just call it a night on this show. Yeah, I think that, that, feels, that feels right. <laughs> Um, well, thanks everybody for coming, Mike. Thanks for coming to the show uh, and and making very good points about baseball halls of fame, hall of fames. Is it like attorneys general? Is there more than one hall? The, the baseball hall of fame. It's just the one. Uh, so, making good points about that. Um, I agree with most. Oh, I think we've agreed kind of generally tonight about a lot of things, which is always kind of new and novel for us. Yeah, new and novel mean the same thing. Uh, so that was redundant. But other than that, um, thanks for coming, everyone. Craig, thanks for producing the show as always. Uh, and I really hope Aaron Rodgers gets my message. All right. Have a good night, everybody. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An Electric Cast production. See you there. Electric Cast. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Electric acid. Electric acid.